0: What's up, family? Who's ready for the word this morning? It's so good to have our volunteers, and we are excited about next Sunday to have you here. And we have made plans, like Jenny said, and we can't wait to see you here. We've been doing it without you, but we're glad we don't have to anymore. Do we agree in this place? Come on, somebody. Hey, one more thing. This Tuesday, what time, Shannon? This Tuesday? 7 o'clock. We're going to have an online, online night of worship. We're excited about it. I'll have a short word. It will not be as long as a typical message, but we're excited, and they've got some awesome songs planned, and so I can't wait to be here with them on Tuesday, and we hope you'll join in and share and be a part of that. This is our last week of social distancing. (laughs) You see, because it's on purpose, because we're ending social distancing. You're welcome for that. But I wanted to end with, with this thought. Okay, I wanted to end with this thought. I want to end social distancing for us in our relationships with the Lord. Once and for all. I want to end it. Because the reality is, I know I'm not the only one because of what I believe the Lord shared with me this week. That deals with this on a daily basis. That on some days it feels like you're right there with them and it's awesome. And you may even go a month or two months and feel great. And then all of a sudden... It looks like craziness, and you don't know what happened, and you feel like giving up because craziness comes all around you and you sabotage you, right? But I I I titled this message the heist, the heist, because I believe that's what it feels like takes place in our lives all the time as a heist. Something comes in, it overwhelms us. We don't know what to do with it. We're like, what the crud is going on? How is this even possible? How is this happening? What's the deal? And, and I want to show you where I'm pulling this from. In John chapter 10, eventually, in John 10, verse 10, it says, the thief, everybody say thief. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the goal is abundant life, abundant living. That doesn't mean your stuff It doesn't mean you'll always be happy. It means that you'll live life to the fullest, be full of peace, joy in the Holy Spirit, that you'll know how to live this life, that it will not be confusing on everyday living. But it doesn't feel this way, does it? Come on, somebody, say it to me. It doesn't feel like this is not a reality. As a matter of fact, this feels like our reality, the heist. I wanted to talk to you about... This is Satan, by the way. Let's not mix words and say just the enemy. I may say that a couple times, but this is the devil, Satan, our enemy. And what he comes to steal, what the thief comes to steal, is different than what you might think. See, I don't think Satan cares a thing about your stuff. Now, if, if you're walking with God and you continue to do so, he may come after your stuff. But I don't think he cares a thing about your stuff. As a matter of fact, I think he'll give you stuff as long as you don't give him. Jesus your whole heart every day so don't ever think that having stuff is an indicator of living for the Lord it may be that what God's promised you every day you're receiving because you're walking with him but it may be that you're getting the the desires of your heart and that may not be a good thing as I'm going to show you in the next couple minutes see what the thief does is not what a thief does when they put a mask on right and they come in and say give me all your money at that point, talk to me in here, at that point, does anybody question whether or not a thief is trying to take something? No. Like, that's a thief. He wants my wallet, so we hand it to him, right? He wants my phone. If you want it, you can have it. I don't know what good it'll do you, but, but blam, you can have it, right? Because if they ask for it and you hold me up, I'm going to give it to you. But this is a little bit different. What this heist, what this is about is more like this. It's a pickpocket. The word in the Greek actually means stealth. It means unknown feeling. It means that I can be walking along and feel like everything's good, and then I can get to my destination where I'm going, and this cat, this thing, he gone, right? If you hold me up and take it from me, i knew I'm preparing along the way of what you robbed me in. But if I get somewhere and it's hours later or days later and I haven't realized what was taken from me, then all of a sudden, I look around and I have panic set in. Who took it? Where did it go? What all was taken? Did they just take the $30 that was in my wallet or did they take my identity? Did they share it with other people? Did they rob me of who I am? And a lot of times, that's the issue with our personal lives are we, we, we set up boundaries and, and we start walking with God and we want intimacy with God. But along the way, we, we, we just get careless. I'm going to say careless. careless and in that carelessness we think to ourselves you know I haven't been stolen from and I know they said there's pickpockets around but I'm probably fine so I won't put this button on I won't put put my wallet in the place with a zipper or in a deep place where they can't get it I'm not going to get robbed from I'll be able to feel I'll be able to feel a pickpocket coming right that's what I've said in the past only to reach down and go oh And then we think things like, I might have dropped it, or I might have have left it at the last restaurant I went at, but the reality is someone without me even knowing. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to infiltrate your life in your emotional side and in your reasoning side of your brain, the way you think and the way you feel. He wants to infiltrate in any way possible, so listen to me carefully. That means that for you it's going to be different than it is for me. Why? Because you have your own personality, you have your own past, you have your own sins of the Father, which just means your personal generational history that you inherit because of who you are. You have a bloodline, and in that bloodline, you share things that I do not share. You have genetics that make you who you are, and as a result, your problems, your issues, the things that you'll be tempted in will not necessarily be the same thing as me. And so if you plan and prepare exactly the same way that I plan and prepare, then you might struggle. I'll give you an example. My family that I can find has zero history of alcoholism. And so for me to have a drink, it's not nearly as big of a deal as it is if you have alcoholism throughout your family. For you, it's playing Russian roulette. It is unwise. There's a difference between sin and wisdom. And in this case, it is unwise because what becomes unwise for you that is not unwise for me, all of a sudden is like a thief coming by to snatch this away. And you'll look up in a few days or a few weeks and you'll find yourself drunk laying in a ditch and you'll say, how did I get here? And it's because the heist came and you weren't prepared. Look up and go, I don't understand. Like, I had this emotional experience in a worship service and I came down and I cry out to God and I do my time with Jesus and all these things take place. So how does it become this? How do I get to the place that I do things that I never dreamed I would do? Because y'all listen to me. Everybody is a good person until they do that one dumb thing. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Oh, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about the back on TV. Come on, Jesus. Everybody's great. Everybody will never have an affair. Everybody will never do this. Everybody is that one exception to the rule that will never do these things until they do. And they do them a lot of times, and I'm not suggesting today that some people don't set out to do these foolish things, but what i am the people that I'm talking to are the people in this room and the people that want to be a part of this experience. That means walking with God in intimacy. Look at me. That means walking with God in intimacy. And if you decide that you don't want to walk with God in intimacy, then, then that's a whole different ballgame. But if you are the one that wants to be with God intimately with him, then you've got to watch for the pickpocket. Because it will come at you. So look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, he said, this is all of us, y'all. All of us know this feeling. He said, I don't understand my own actions. Like, what is wrong with me? This is what I feel like. I was like, what is the matter with me? I'm crazy. I don't get it because, because I don't do what I want. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? I don't do the things that I want to do, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now I know I'm not the only one in here that feels this. I do the thing. I, I'm, I'm, how am I losing my mind up in here, up in here? Now if I do what I don't want, then I agree. Someone say agree. It's going to be important. Agreement. Agreement. Agreement is coming into line. I, I can. You can tell me that the sky's blue, and I can say I agree. We're not in agreement. That's just my mouth saying that I agree with what your, your logic has stated. Agreement is different. Agreement is when I come into, into direct line and say, in this particular matter, we are on the same page. Therefore, we are in agreement. That's going to be very, very important in this message. Now, as a result, I agree with the law that it is good. The law. The law, that's so important. Because we have two choices. okay? We can either try to fulfill every single law that was written. There's positive and negative laws. 605, total 365 are positive. And that's just the law that was written to the people of Israel. That has nothing to do with the extra laws that we write in our own hearts because we're self-righteous and we want to make everybody else live up to our own standards. I'm preaching in here and nobody's saying anything. So at this point, no longer am I under, under, under Jesus. No longer am I living saying you can have me and I I walk in you. And now when I speak the name of Jesus, agreement has come over me. Now the law, that's the only thing. My my own righteousness, which means right standing with God, I have to be self-righteous. I have to fulfill every single thing. I can never mess up. And so what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do, I don't want to do. Look what he says. So now it's no longer I who do this, but it's the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good is inside of this person. That is my flesh. I have this desire, this nature that lives inside of me. For I have the desire, buddy say desire. Say it loud, say desire. To do what's right, but not the ability to carry it it out. I'm crazy. I want to, but I don't know how to. I can't do it, but I want to do it. Because I I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is inside of me, and it keeps on happening. I keep on doing it. Now look at what the message translation says. It happens so regularly it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, then, boom, it's there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that all of me, that all of me, that all of me doesn't join in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, like a heist, like a thief in the night, like something I expect, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Isn't that a real question? Like, don't we all feel that way at times in here? I can't believe how my life has has come to this point because I never thought it would be possible for me to come all the way here. What is wrong with me? What's the matter? How did I end up here? This is crazy. This is crazy. I don't want to do these things, and I do these things, and so we all ask this question, why is it so difficult to overcome, right? Why is this such a difficult thing? Why, why am I the one that's having to struggle through this? I don't get it. I don't understand me, Martin. I don't, I don't understand how I can go through and, and try and feel good and so desperately want to not mess up, but then I find myself deep in these holes, and I'm so embarrassed I never want to share this stuff with anybody. Because if I shared what I was really struggling in, y'all might know the real me. And if y'all know the real me, you'd never want to listen to the real me because it's jacked up and it's messed up and I'm embarrassed and and it's just disgusting. What is the matter with me? I feel crazy. There's no way I can get any help because if I tell someone, they'll think less of me. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And there's not a person watching online or listening in this room. There's not one person that at times does not face this. And I believe that there's a key reason that we face this. I believe there's a key reason. And it's because... There's parts of me that are at war. Last week, I preached on worry. And worry is the separation in the definition in the Bible. Anxiety or worry is just the separation of my logical side of my brain and then the emotional part of me. But here's what I'm here to argue today. Sam, calm down a little bit. Here's what I'm here to argue today. The emotional side of you is in you, inside. It's your heart. The Bible says whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, thinks in his heart. Did you hear what I said? Thinks in his heart. That is not a misquote. The Bible says whatever I think in my heart, so am I. I become what I think in my heart and not just in my logical reasoning brain. And so if I can infiltrate, if I'm your enemy and I can infiltrate what you what you feel think emotionally versus what you logically come to conclusion in then I can as a heist would do infiltrate with thoughts infiltrate with fears infiltrate with things and know that you'll do destruction on your own how many y'all, y'all say it out loud with me how many of y'all know you cannot trust your feelings say it louder if you mean it can you trust your feelings can't trust my feelings feelings lie to me My feelings lie to me all the time y'all look at what it says James 1 says, each person is tempted when he is lured. Everybody say lured. That is exactly what you think it means, like a lure when you're going fishing. When they're lured by my own desire. You don't get lured the same way I get lured because we get lured by our own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. This means... That I'm not sinning when it comes, I'm sinning when I take the bait, when I swallow the hook. It is not a sin to feel temptation, it is coming! You can guarantee it's going to be there. It's a sin when I don't have enough awareness because I put my guard down and I say, I'm safe, I feel good. And all of a sudden, boom, the pickpocket comes. And I don't understand how to battle because I think if I just learn more about God in my reasoning and I have an educational experience with God... Or if I just have an emotional experience with God, then maybe I won't face these problems. And it doesn't work. How many of y'all can agree? It doesn't work. I end up in the same mess. On Tuesday, I'm cussing somebody out when I wanted to be blessing them. Come on, I know it's gonna stay silent because y'all don't want to agree with me. But but I've been cussed by some people in here, so y'all better say yes. Come on. When it, it, I bring forth death, this is what the word in the Greek means. It means enticed, entice a victim into moral trap by luring them through their own selfish impulses. Now watch this. I love the verse. I'm about to show it to you in a minute. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. I'm telling you if you don't delight yourself in the Lord, you'll get the desires of your heart and you don't want them. What traps me is my own desire. What traps me is not your desire. What traps me is not what you said about me. What traps me... What traps me is not what you did to me. What traps me is I let what you did be be like a splinter inside my mind that I let begin to affect my emotional person. And as a result, I take the bait. And then I will do enough destruction to myself that nobody else has to help. Satan doesn't want to do all the destroying, kill, steal, and destroy. He knows that if he can just do a heist and make your mind Way off and focus on something other than the Lord Jesus and the goodness of God and what he's done for me and all of those things. And I think constantly about what they did, what they did, what they did, what happened. Anything but, I'll do the destroying on my own. Look what Jeremiah said. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately, some translation says wicked, but it's sick. Who can understand it? Who can trust it? Nobody is what Jeremiah is saying here. Don't trust your emotions. You are cray-cray in your emotions when they are unguarded. As a matter of fact, look what this wisest man ever lived said. He said, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Don't just go around saying, I'm good. What they said about me, it don't matter. I got this covered. Solid. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. Tell everybody you try to look good, try to feel good, I got it. And then all of a sudden you blow up, you bubble up, and you're like, ah, I just want to, I know I'm the only one, so y'all don't have to talk back. But we're like, what is wrong with me? And then, listen, listen, intimacy with God is not even on the table. You're just trying not to kill your kids. I'm preaching. This is why it's so difficult. I'm going to show you in just a second. I think it's important for you to know. Y'all do some research on your own. This is fascinating. I got some stories, but I didn't put it up there. The Science Institute, tons of research on this, says that, that this part of us, that my heart, whatever I think in my heart, so am I, that the heart actually has memory. Did you hear what I just said? Matter of fact, there's there's scientific proven research that heart transplants take place and whatever the person that the heart transplant gave the new person that received the heart transplant, they start operating like that. Like you might hate cheeseburgers, but if you get a heart for someone that likes cheeseburgers, all of a sudden you like cheeseburger. There there have been arrests made from this person who got murdered and I got their heart because they remember the last thing that this heart saw. Y'all, if that isn't freaky, Now, I'm not smart enough to know how this and this work together, but I know this part of me sends things that are emotion to this part of me that makes decisions. My senses, watch this, are controlled by my brain, but my feelings come from here. And these two things need to work in harmony, and when they don't, I'm jacked up, right? All that anxiety is, get this, all that anxiety is, according to the Bible, is when my cognitive reasoning skills are at war with my emotional senses, with, my, with the way that I think emotionally and the way that I logically think. When those two things are separated, I'm experiencing anxiety. When these things are paired or in agreement, that is literally the de- definition in the Greek of peace, peace. It is impossible, impossible impossible to experience everyday intimacy with the Holy Spirit if those two things aren't in agreement and so what he's telling me to guard here is not not let anything in watch it's to be careful what you let in these are the deep places in your heart now watch I'm just gonna walk you through a couple things y'all know y'all have said this before right y'all have said this before I don't know what it is about that person but I just Feel something ain't right. Right? You're not emotional about it. You just feel something in here. You would say this. I would say this. It's in my gut. I've got a gut instinct. That's not wrong. That's the Holy Ghost, everybody. This is the place that he lives in. That's the same thing in Cardia. It's the same place. It's out of the overflow or the abundance of the heart that my mouth speaks. If you don't like what your mouth is saying, look at your heart. You can change this all you want to, but if this is sick, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's when this is disturbed because of past emotional events or things that have happened that I try to logically get my way through it, and y'all, it does not work. I can't fix how I feel. I've got to let it out. But listen, listen, Be careful who you let it out to because some people like to get you sick because misery loves company, and a sick heart will get a sick heart, and you'll tie together and you'll just get sicker. You know where drama comes from? Heart to heart. We ain't right, so we like to spread it. I'm preaching. This is the issue is, is I don't want to do it, and I logically am going through, and you can hear Paul saying, I don't want to struggle this way, but somebody right in this man inside of me. I feel, I feel off. That's why the Bible says deep calls out to deep, y'all. The Bible says that deep calls out to deep. You can just know sometimes, how did I know? How did I know? This makes no sense that a 17-year-old kid, I wasn't even 17 yet, 16-year-old kid looked at my wife on our second date and said, I think we're going to get married. Now, was she good-looking? She sure was. Hmm. But that ain't enough. How many of y'all know that? Good-looking ain't enough because good-looking's got to talk back, male or female. <laughs> I'm preaching. <laughs> but I just knew. And I would tell people, like, I would never have said this. I didn't even date people. I had a rule. Don't date people during basketball season. <laughs> just telling you, Brian, is that true? Say yes, amen, Jesus. <laughs> Tried to get Brian to do the same thing when he was hooping for me. Because I didn't want distractions, but I just knew. That was Bay. <laughs> so walk away. You're welcome for that. <laughs> like I just knew, but I can't explain it. But I can explain it biblically now. Deep called out to deep. I just knew. No one had to explain it to me. It wasn't because she was good looking and praise God, she's good looking. But I knew that my spirit was connecting to her spirit and deep was calling out to deep. I knew that was someone I could run with the rest of my life. It was not just a cool connection and so emotion and reason interlocked and we got something. Do we fight? Sure. But we got something that's not just surfacey because surface starts here and surface can start here. But when you lock the two together, it doesn't just stay that. And in your relationship with Jesus, that has to be the same thing. Because all of us need to learn about God, but learning about God doesn't make you intimate with God. You can have the deepest, quote, conversation, because we call deep learning big things that are in the Greek. But that just is, that's just a lot of wide. That's not really deep. Matter of fact, what, what, what the Bible says in John 7, when, when out, of the, out of me comes springs of living water, it means that the living waters come in me. And then in the depths of me, all of a sudden, that's what comes out. But you can rest assured that what's in you is coming out. And that's the issue. That's the issue. So look at this. Delight yourself in the Lord, what I said a minute ago. And then, and then, someone say then. He doesn't give you the desires of your heart just because you woke up today. He gives you the desires of your heart because you delighted yourself in him. Then you can be trusted that he's going to change the desires of your heart. Because they're going to be his desires, the best thing for you. So you don't have to ask God to give you the desires. you got to ask God not to give you the desires sometimes. Change my heart, oh God. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Why? Because I can't be trusted. Because I'm deceitful in my own nature. I want, I want, I want. It sounds like, it sounds like finding Nemo with the dog on mine, 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 right? That's what we all sound like to God at times when we are not surrendered in Him. Just give it to me. And look, this is what I want y'all to walk away with understanding is I have two parts that I think with. Whatever I think with my heart, so am I. And when my mind, my reasoning, my cognitive ability to come to to making sense of something, this is where your conclusions are drawn and this is where decisions are made. So you come up with it here and you decide it here. It is not enough to know about God and it is not, not enough to feel God. They have to marry. They've got to all be together. Listen to me, married people. A lot of people know that they've married the right person. And so you've reasoned and said it's not smart to not be with them. But that's not enough. All of you has to be locked in with all of her or him. And when they're not, they don't get all of you. And a marriage doesn't work unless intimacy is taking place. That is the problem in marriages. is It is all parts of marriage that must be locked together. And even more so in my relationship with Jesus, all the parts that I've said, you can't have this part. Here, listen, I believe some of them are not intentional. I believe some of them are through pain of when you were 10 years old and you decided you didn't want to deal with that. But whatever the place you don't want to deal, the enemy comes and says, whew, that's where I'll pickpocket you. And you've got to let it out. You've got to let it out. And I want to show you why. This isn't even going to make sense. For just a second, but I believe it will change your life if you'll lock in with me for the next couple minutes. Paul said right here, now listen, I don't want you to miss this. It's the most important part, y'all. He said, set your mind on things that are above, meaning heavenly things. Meaning don't be temporal. Don't worry about all the things that are right here and right now. Even if things don't look like they're going your way, don't get focused on that. Set your mind on things above, not things that are on earth here and now. But this is what I learned about set your mind or as the Bible says mind set mindset your mindset your mindset is not what your brain thinks your mindset is what both of these lock in together and decide whatever I think in my heart so am I my mindset is when I give God both of these every morning and say my mind is broken watch this as if Sam here has broken a bone What's a doctor got to do when a bone breaks? He's got to set the bone. Or else, if the person's still growing, and let me help y'all with something. I hope we're all still growing in Jesus' name. Are y'all with me? Until the day that we die, growth should happen. The way that dwarf, dwarf, or stopping growth happens is when a growth plate is broken and it's not properly set back. I believe some of y'all have had a growth plate broken called your heart and mind and you were hurt by somebody, and you said, I'm not letting this part come out. You can't have it. And so you've guarded your heart, but, but what should be flowing in doesn't get to flow in because you set up a fortress. Because an offended brother is like a fortified city, and you have a fortress around you when there's supposed to be goodness flowing in and the Lord's stuff flowing out. But you've, you've so guarded that you've fortressed yourself, and no one can emotionally lock in with you anymore. That's not what he meant. A mindset has to be changed every day because my heart should not be trusted, so I need God. And what Romans 12 said is, you offer your body, excuse me, you offer your body a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repentance is not, God, I'm sorry. Repentance is, I want to think like you think. So I'm setting my mind on things above. And I am reminded Remind, reminded every day, remind every day of what he is, how good he is. And so, if y'all remember VCRs and VHS and some blockbuster videos with the stickers, be kind, please, rewind. I'm telling y'all, let's, let's make this our statement. Be kind, please, remind. Why? Because I'm going to be Romans 7 any day I'm not renewed in my mind. I can guarantee That if you leave here or watching online at the beach and you just relax a little bit and you don't let surrender happen in here and in here tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, the kindest thing you can do to yourself is be reminded, regenerated, new genes come in me is what the Bible says. When I'm born again, the old genes have died. The old man is dead and I'm made new in Christ. But I still have my flesh as long as I don't die. That's the greatest day. Why do we not, why do we not, we we mourn because we miss, but we don't, we don't weep as if we'll never see him again. Heaven is our home. I'm an alien and a stranger in a foreign place called earth. I'm taking territory called kingdom territory. I serve a king that is much higher. He thinks higher. His ways are higher. I don't want to accomplish things so people think I'm awesome. I want to accomplish things so territory can be taken for the king. And I want y'all to see this because I think we've gotten this wrong. I'm closing with this verse, Romans 10. says, if you confess, everybody say confess. confess. Say it loud, say confess. Confess. Remember what those verses said in Romans 7? It says, agree. Then I agree with the law. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, confess means that I come into full agreement and therefore I make a declaration that something is so. In other words, I've I've thought through it and it's happened in here and therefore I let out what my reason has, has discovered. This is my confession. So I believe you should guard your words because what we do all the time is we say things like you just you just an idiot or I'm just an idiot and that's your confession and look at the power that confession has if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in my heart God raised him from the dead I am saved so I should never give a confession that I don't really believe what should I do <laughs> y'all forgive me for the length. shut up Right, be quiet, don't say it if you don't really believe it. Because when I let my mouth open up, I'm making declarations about what I believe and I've surmised in my mind and I absolutely believe in my heart. And then it says this, and whatever I believe in my heart, it does not say what I believe in my mind, this is your mind and this is your heart. Then I'm saved, now watch, this is crazy. Because one believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, right standing with God, and one confesses, or the brain has then logically said, I've drawn the conclusion that He must be God. Therefore, I make a declaration, resulting in salvation. This is what I felt like the Lord told me this morning. That's why we put on the full armor of God, because it's the breastplate of righteousness and it's the helmet of salvation, right? And so it says, it says in, in Ephesians 6, you've gotta understand you're not battling flesh and blood. So when flesh and blood comes against you, push it out and say, not today, Satan. You're not gonna have a heist where I'm unknowingly letting you sabotage me so I destroy myself because I get the desires of my heart. I don't want them now I want them when I delight myself in the Lord because then I can have the desires of my heart. I don't trust Mark unless all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. What do you mean all, Mark? I mean my reasoning, my past, my shame, my emotion, all the things that I feel, all the things all of my all of my senses I surrender all to Jesus. When do you do that, Mark? I do that on the day of salvation and I did that a long time ago, praise God, when I was a teenager and I surrendered all but today and tomorrow and the next day, not for salvation, but for intimacy. Why? Because what God does in regeneration, regening me, is Ezekiel 36:26 says, "He takes my heart of stone. That's the law. That's the Ten Commandments that's trying to keep up, and He replaces it with a heart of flesh. And no longer is it I that live, but Christ in me. He said, I'll be crucified with Christ. So I no longer live, but it's Christ in me that lives. How does this happen? It's by surrendering. It's not an actual death. It's a spiritual. The old man is dead. I choose life. So here's what I want to do. I want, no matter where you are, listen to me. People say all the time, why should I pray out loud? Confess. Because I want the devil, and everybody around me to know that Jesus is Lord. And he reigns in me, not one day in 1997, but this day in 2020, and tomorrow in 2020, and the rest of my life 2020. Jesus is king of my soul. And all that is within me, Praise, bless his holy name, I surrender all to Jesus. So here's what I want y'all to do. I don't care if you've been saved your whole life, or if today is the day of salvation for you, I want all of us to just pray out loud and just say, Jesus, I surrender. So let's pray together. Y'all say it loud and proud. Jesus, Jesus. I surrender. I I confess that you're Lord. I confess that you're you're King. I I believe. believe. Come on, say it like you mean it. I believe believe. you died. died. You rose again. And you're seated on God's right hand. Come live in me. I am your child. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can somebody in this room just let out a praise if you believe it? Come on, we can do better than that. Let out a shout and a praise. Now listen, 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 listen. Here's what I believe. Friend, if you did that with us and you never prayed before in your life, Here's what I believe. I believe it's through confession, coming into agreement with your mind and your heart that salvation comes. And I believe some of you, we had some in the first service and I believe some of you did it right now. I just want you to do this if you prayed that prayer. We're not gonna come to your house. We wanna contact you to help you walk with Jesus. I want you to text this number, 864-606-3600. Put all of those 10 10 numbers in there, 864-606-3600. One word, text ALIVE. And we will respond to you and help you begin to walk with Jesus. And I want to talk to all of y'all. I believe most of y'all, if not all of y'all in this room, and a lot of y'all watching online are saved, but you're going to feel like, what happened to me, don't let your guard down. Discipline, discipline is not what you do, it's what you decide is not allowed to come in and out. It is making the conscious decision that emotional and, and reason, will live together in harmony by surrendering all to Jesus. You can do it. You can do it. Tomorrow you can do it. And it may be the worst attack you've ever faced, but laugh at it because you'll know what it is. It cannot have you. And it's through those difficult days that the truth of you comes out. Second Corinthians 2 says that when I'm crushed on every side, this jar of clay pours out what is in. That's when people can experience the goodness of God. So don't run from it. Just put on that breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the, and the, and the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit. Praying always in the Spirit. You can trust that He's got your back. So let's stand. We're going to sing a song that I love so much, y'all. I love this song. I just want you to make this your anthem by just lifting your hands and saying, I surrender it all to Jesus. This is my place of freedom. So Lord Jesus, we surrender it all to you. You are our place of freedom. We're going to lift our hands and worship you in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Everybody said amen.